isn't it, guys? Yep. It is because, I mean, you know, it's like I've said before, you know, when it comes to me personally, I feel like I'm my own worst enemy on a lot of things, you know, <laughs> when it comes to um, putting roadblocks in front of myself and whatnot, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, you know, you know, I want friends, but then I don't want to be around people, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or, or you know, I, I want a job, but yeah, at the same time, you know, how do I put this? It's not that I'm lazy, but I don't like doing menial work. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, I worked at um, Dollar General, and I lasted all of a year. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was boring. I mean, you know, it, it just seemed like there was no light in time. I would stock a shelf. 30 minutes later, it'd be messed up again. I had to go and fix it. I mean, it was never ending. <laughs> Yeah, mm -hmm. There's no sense of accomplishment, no finality to it. Well, I mean, I I don't know if we uh, – you said we talked about college. I don't remember us. Like, I think we may have uh, skipped ahead in the agenda. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, like like you're saying, like he was saying, you get stuck in these menial jobs, and really the only way out of that is maybe a degree or a trade or something like that. But, again, you run into the, the some of the – some different problems with that as well is, again, you got to worry about paying for it. You got to worry about, for me, it was the fact that I was on a nine credit hour uh, semester. So it was going to take me easily twice as long overall, maybe a, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, uh, but about twice as long to, to get what I wanted out of the college experience. And, I, and what I would end up doing was trying to take an extra class, bring it up to 12 credit hours, inevitably having to drop that class after the drop ad period which it gets a little dicey there. You don't sure. want that messing up your transcript. So I had to work around that a lot of times because I would find one class would stress me out so much that the rest of my performance would suffer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, I've got all my gen eds out the way and I withdrew at the end of a semester. I've made sure I dotted all my I's, crossed all my T's um, so that my record isn't negatively affected. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's 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 odd because like a lot of what I get uh, fulfillment out of because you hit on an important important part there is that uh, fulfillment is very important as well, and especially important when you don't have emotional stability for somebody who's neurotypical who just hates their job. Uh, they probably trudge along on that for years and years until they burn out, but for somebody who lacks the emotional resilience to do something they hate every single day without it causing serious anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, that's really the, uh, the trouble and also the greatest, the greatest trouble and the greatest benefit with explaining problems on the spectrum is that most of the time, actually I would, I would say not at least 90% of the time, there are problems other people face like even sensory stuff, people have certain noises and sounds and things that bug them. It's just the dial's cranked up, and it's cranked up on different issues. Uh, you know, maybe your sensory is not as bad. I know I, I have some sensory issues, but not a ton. Uh, but maybe your social component's worse. Maybe uh, your anxiety is worse. Your worse. But for however, your people are differently impact, impacted by it. You met one person with autism, you've met person with autism kind of deal 
Um, it's all these issues that are just cranked up to 11 and they end up, uh, like I said, it makes it easier to explain to people what's going on, but then they're like, well, everybody has that happen to them. And you're like, yes, but it's much worse for people yeah. on the spectrum. And saying that just sounds like, well, it's just worse for me though. I'm right. just such a poor, pitiful person. And that's not what, that's not how people want to come across. And so it's hard to explain without sounding like you're trying to throw yourself a pity party. And yeah. to a certain degree, you have to be careful that you're not psyching yourself out as well. Yeah. You got also got to worry that, is this just me not being able to do this? Or is this making excuses for myself? And you have that balancing act also with the guilt that you'll feel. Right. So then when guilty... And maybe it is within your control. You go back and you try and analyze it. And you can see how murky that gets so quickly. It's so quickly. It comes from, I have a disability. I need help. I should be self-sufficient. Kind of black, you know, good and bad ideas to, am I making excuses for myself? Is this really beyond me? Or am I just quitting too early? And all of a sudden it becomes this, this, thick quagmire of, of uh, morality and ethics to where uh, are you truly performing to your fullest potential and is it you or your disability that's preventing you from doing so? Absolutely. That's such a huge factor. You know, I've seen many individuals who, for instance, with college, they're going to college, things are going reasonably okay. And then we get in mid semester and the stress starts kicking in and the assignments mm-hmm. there's you know, lots going on, lots of demands and the overwhelmed feeling comes. And then the decision to either drop a class or just withdraw from the semester happens. And there's also a sadness, almost mm-hmm. a depression because it's like, Hey, a feeling of failure. And, oh, yeah, sure. and ha- ha- Josh, have you experienced something like that in your college work? Um, yeah, every time I drop out, with the exception of this last time, but it mean, you know, that was, I dropped out this last time because of this, whatever's causing me to be sick, but, so I wasn't really as depressed. I mean, I was, but nowhere near to, uh, as bad as I was in years past when I would drop out. But yeah, every time I would have to quit a job, or, you know, or drop out of school, I, yeah, there'd be that instant depression. Yeah. And me trying to figure out, you know, where I went wrong because, you know, yeah, you know, I say when I work because, you know, I, that's only because, you know, I, I work, I stayed at Dollar General a lot longer than, than anything else, including school post, you know, obviously post high school. So, you know, you know, I try to figure out what I did wrong because, you know, I worked during the thousand year flood when that building was sinking like the, and you know, I worked during a hurricane. So, I mean, I try to, you know, I can't, so I tried to figure out, you know, why, if I can do that, you know, why am I not able to stick it out, you know? Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about the, the snowballing of issues. Uh, and that's part of that is like something that's a minor issue to start with. If it's a recurring issue though, um, it can easily start to get out of hand and that leads to stress, which leads to more issues, more issues, yada, 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 yada. And soon it's just this huge weight that's pressing down on you all the time. 
Right. When I burnt out my job at Bylaw, um, the schedule was kind of all over the place. You never knew how busy it was going to be, and it could go quiet to busy like that. So it was just so unpredictable, and they'd get you to do side jobs that weren't part of your job description all the time. Oh, God, I hate cleaning, that. Cleaning, cleaning bathrooms, restocking shelves. I was, I was a cashier, but at the time, I was bagging my own stuff. I had a wonderful manager who worked with me night and day to try and accommodate me. And that's why I lasted as long as I did. I'm, I'm convinced. With support. But that, it's just, those things can snowball out of control and it just becomes death by a thousand pinpricks. Mm-hmm. And to the point where when I would walk into the building to go to work, uh, the doors opening and the sounds and smells of the place would trigger an anxiety attack. <laughs> a small one. Not, you know, like, gibbering on the floor but i'd be like in no frame of mind to be ready to go to work i'd I'd just be like uh get me out of here right no 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 more of this i just couldn't take it anymore. it was like oh it was every time i had to go to work it was just such a feeling of dread that uh it was not uh, feasible and it was not healthy for my mental health for me to continue to work there i need to find somewhere else i did i ended up work finding another job I've been there longer now, I think, than I actually worked uh, at Bilo. I work slightly north abroad. Um, and it's just, it's a smaller uh, environment. It's a lot more controlled. It's a lot more regular in the routines of what you do, mm-hmm. even when it is slow or busy. What you're doing every day is a lot more consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the staff and the managers are just wonderful, wonderful people that have been nothing but supportive for any and everything I've needed from them. The thing is, when I have a job like that, that I can do my little bit and come out, it's not enough to sustain me for if I was to live independently, but it's something to where I can be putting money in the bank and start saving some of that. And just, I think of it as treading water, honestly, because it's, it's a kind of a race. It's kind of a progression to, becoming independent you have to eventually continue to move forward so after a certain while if you're just treading water again you need that push and that's another that's another bit of that that ongoing it just kind of it's always that little thing of okay you're doing all right but you need to be making progress all right you're doing fine but you do need to be thinking about trying to get another aspect and it feels like while you're treading water you're building up this house of cards and it really does feel like a house of cards because all of these different aspects of I've got the life skills okay I've got a car and a license and I can drive now um, and you're just building up all of these little aspects that create independence but it just always feels like you're just one bad card placement from slipping back and half mm-hmm. the half the thing falling down and you just press and that is a very real because of that cyclical uh, progression and regression in social skills and in, in, in life in general for people on the spectrum. Transition age feels like all of this support and all of this infrastructure of skills and job that works well, finding something that you're passionate enough about to go to work every day without burning out, so something that doesn't have sensory triggers, something where your manager's not an un. un somebody who doesn't understand what a developmental disability is and thinks that you're just a gold brick 
Um, all of these elements together, and it just feels like you're just slowly, slowly, with just the most minute care, trying to build this up, all while somebody behind you is like, come on, come on, come on, go, 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 go. You gotta, you gotta keep moving. You gotta get, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta get that up to the, the point where you can be independent. And you're just desperately trying not to, to knock this thing over. You've got some bedrock. You've got fan, friends and family, people that you can rely on. Or I do. Some people don't. I'm incredibly lucky that I do have that bedrock. And I would, I would include, actually, even the, the people at my, uh, my job in that bedrock. Uh, very good. Clay Syme, Josh Miller, thank you guys so much for joining us and shedding light on this important topic of independence for adults with autism. Um, I know the audience will really enjoy all the uh, wisdom that you shared today and also the firsthand experiences. Um, and uh, th thank you so much for that. You can uh, see this podcast at youtube.com. You can also, of course, hear it on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Please follow us, theautismnewsnetwork.com, on our website. Um, and also, you can follow me at Dr. Gwinnett on Twitter and Instagram. And um, we look forward to This is Joshua Miller at the Autism News Network. If you like this video, please like and subscribe. And thank you for listening. Goodbye.